0: with me Noreen Mayer this Friday afternoon and since it's Friday it can only mean one thing it's time for the Agenda Cafe and I'd like to welcome back to the studio our wonderful co-host
1: Karen Ko. Karen it's great to see you. It's great to be back here. Great to be here on a Friday as usual, Noreen. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I mean, it's been a busy week, but this is a nice way to end off the week and get into the weekend. Exactly. And what we're talking about is very relevant, especially for Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So in case you've forgotten, hopefully you haven't forgotten, here's a last minute reminder. This Sunday, the 21st of June, is Father's Day. Um, So, of course, we all know what Father's Day is, but let's be technical about it. It's a day Honoring fatherhood uh, and paternal bonds, as well as as the influence of fathers in society, and. Um it you know we celebrate it here in June. Other countries actually celebrate it at other times. Like when I grew up in Australia, we celebrate it in September. September. Yeah, and there's a few countries who've celebrated already, and they celebrate in March. But um, June is is when the majority of of countries celebrate Father's Day. So as dads everywhere get ready to receive their annual quota of socks. Um, ties, cologne, gadgets. We're going to take a deeper dive into fatherhood. Are you okay, noz Yes. <laughs> I was fixing <laughs> the, the Facebook, Facebook <laughs> Live, <laughs> dropping her phone. So, uh, what I thought was interesting about this topic is that I feel like there's a lot in popular culture in media written about motherhood it it seems like every time you turn around there's a there's a book or there's a blog or a tv series or a movie about what it's like being a mother but we don't find i think that fatherhood is explored as deeply as motherhood so so that's why i wanted to go into this today today and we have a great guest joining us because one he's a dad Mm -hmm. um has a newborn baby as well as a five-year-old four-year-old and he's also a psychologist and counsellor. We're joined by Dr. Brent Horner, who um, works with adults, teens and couples in his clinical practice. And he practices at the London Medical Clinic. So, Brent, uh, welcome to the show. Let me say in advance, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thanks for that. <laughs> so, let's talk we about... We are on it. Facebook Live as well. Oh, yes, we're Live on Facebook well. <laughs> Live. I always forget that. We're on Facebook Live. Noreen Neo and RTHK Radio 3. So,
0: please join us There, I was fiddling around with it, but it's, it's
1: all fixed now, so that's great. So. We're stable now. Yes. We're stable. So, and if you have any comments or questions you want to pose on the Facebook Live, just put them in in the chat there, and we'd love to to hear from you. So, Bren, I was, if we start by talking about, I guess, what you'd say are the traditional roles and stereotypes associated with fathers and fatherhood. Although every family is different, there, there are some of these things that still persist. So you know the father has to uh, f- provide financially for the family, they have to be physically strong or you know be able to protect um, their their family. And also you know they have to be the disciplinarian. What do you think of these traditional roles and stereotypes?
2: Yeah, I think uh, one nice thing about this time of year is that just like your show today, um, there are a lot of uh, stories about Father's Day and reminding people of things. And I just heard one yesterday about um, a dad on YouTube uh, who has a a channel that's called uh, Dad, How Do I? Okay, and so his very first post was like how to tie a tie. Uh, he does things like how to change a tire on your car, how to fix a leak in your toilet, and, and these kind of things. And it just got me thinking that yeah, that's that's kind of the roles. Well, I'm an American, and this is was an American dad as well, uh, for sure. Those are the kind of roles I think that American dads are kind of expected to play.
1: And do you think that persists today? I mean, maybe in the older generation. It would always be the dad who has to take out the garbage, of Mm. course, change a tire if you know you have a flat, um, and put up up the put up the shelves. put up the shelves. um, The handiwork. Yes. And not, for example, change the nappies or you know cook the meal, etc. Does that still persist, or have we changed very much?
2: Yeah, I mean the the other thing that made me think, um, uh, and it comes to a very sort of traditional. Um. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> a very, very, very traditional, uh, going back almost 100 years, uh, there's a famous psychologist named Carl Jung. Um, And he was like a protege of Freud's, but then became equally famous in his own right. So um, Carl Jung had uh, many things to say, but one of them about particularly mothers and fathers. And this is going to sound super old school, but his um, idea was basically that mothers are there to nurture and protect. um, And so to take the child from birth and protect them, nurture them, take care of them, almost baby them. And then the father's role is near teenage years, early adulthood to direct towards the rest of their life. So mother's there to protect children when they're very young. and Father's role is then to direct and sort of start to push out of the nest to, to guide and, and, and um, help children become adults. So I think, yeah, in that sense, the dad, how do I, is is still that same mm. sort of tradition. And uh, would you agree with that though? Or do you
1: think that, you know, actually dad should be just as involved from day one?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think that is a super old way, or old school way of looking at things. And I think to some extent that's changed. I think maybe to an unfortunate extent that still remains the same in some cultures and so forth. Um, but I can give you a personal example. My wife told me, so I, I have two sons, one is four and the other is, uh, just four, four or five weeks now. Um, and my wife told me before our first son was born, she was like, okay, look, uh, this isn't about you're here to help me take care of the baby, right? You're a parent too, right? And so if you're, Changing the nappies, if you're helping bathe, if you're reading stories to bed, that's just your job, right? It's not about like mom has certain jobs to take care of the kid and then dad is just there to help. So um she put me in my place. How
1: did you feel about that when she said that to you?
2: No, I agree. I agree. I mean, um I'm what's known as a sod. I'm a significantly older dad. Okay. And so (laughs) I
1: like that. I (laughs) I haven't heard that one before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so um yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I guess I've had a pretty good liberal education, and so I didn't necessarily grow up in a very liberal minded household. My mom and dad had quite traditional roles. Mom stayed at home, dad worked, and all of that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I believe that is uh, a, a fair and equitable parenting role. Like yeah. it's, it's a great idea to just talk about parents, right, rather than fathers and mothers.
0: Yeah, it also comes down to our cultural perceptions of things. I mean, your wife mm. sort of, you know, gave you that uh, example, but many of us are still surprised when we see a dad change a nappy mm-hmm. or see a dad bring bringing the kids out. To do some shopping we often we often marvel and be like oh that's such a good dad and and you never look at a mum changing a nappy and think oh gosh she's
1: a very good mom <laughs> exactly.
2: it's
1: yeah. kind of um it, it, i find that so fascinating because you know i would call myself fairly liberal but i have the same reaction if i see a father in the supermarket with a baby, uh, you know, child in a stroller, and another one like a baby, as I've seen, I'll go, oh wow, he's so good. But mm-hmm. you when know, you see a mum, that's just Wednesday afternoon, exactly <laughs> doing the yeah. groceries, yeah. exactly. The, so, the
2: bar is set very low for us stats.
1: Now, you know, you, you just said that you grew up in a fairly traditional um, family. From from your work and from the people you counsel, how much of how um, fathers behave is informed by what their own fathers did, your personal experience.
2: Sure. Very much so. Very much so. You know, as a psychologist, I believe everything is, is informed by our parents, both mother and father, right? Um, yeah. And so when it comes to parenting, that's, that's, um, your sort of natural go-to for any parent is just to default to however you were parented when, when you were a kid.
0: It's so funny because, you know, uh, before, uh, until I became a parent myself, we often, you know, looked up to our parents and, and f- had thought they had things figured out. But actually now as a parent, we don't have anything <laughs> figured out. And maybe that was the same for our parents. So it's quite tricky for you to, for, for people to be, you know, the best dad or the best mom when, you know, we're carrying the baggage that our parents placed on mm. us. So how do we sort of break that cycle? You know, if, if, if dad wasn't very present, if dad was always working and was you know had that distance how do we become more present or how do we you know break that cycle?
2: Um, So yeah among the several different hats that I wear one is uh, I'm a certified instructor of parent effectiveness training uh, which is otherwise known as PET and so um, yeah PET in fact has been around for a very long time since the 1960s and it was developed by a psychologist uh, named Thomas Gordon and yeah, I mean, I think it's good for any parent, uh, of course, mothers and fathers both. Uh, to, to take that course. Yeah, absolutely, okay. that course, or, or something equivalent, right? You you do need to educate yourself, because yes. if you're not aware, you're just going to default to what um, you're used to. Yeah. Um, so I often see, um, when it comes to clients, that they they tend to do one or the other. One is the default. The other is they very intentionally try and do something very different because of uh, experiences they had when a kid, now, I'm not gonna be like my mom, I'm not gonna be like my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you end up just like... Yes, right. that's true. <laughs> yeah, that can not always work out the way you, you hope for, Yeah. Sure.
0: Or the worst is when your
2: spouse says
1: you're just like your mom. Mm. Oh, yes, that's yeah. the biggest insult. <laughs> sometimes.
2: Sometimes. Oh, sometimes. And it's a compliment it's too. It's a compliment
1: sometimes. too. Um, I, was um, I was gonna say, to, say you know, we, we sort of, no, um intrinsically how mothers bond with their children. I mean, you know, having a child for a woman is a very visceral experience. Mm. You know, this mm. this child in... You know, if you have a biological child is growing inside you for nine months, so you have this physical bond with them. What are the ways that fathers can bond with their children? And also, how is that bond different from, say, a father-child... Yeah, father-child, a mother-child bond?
2: Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it sounds quite old-fashioned or even um politically incorrect to talk about how traditional roles are supposed to go or how mothers or fathers are supposed to be but um it's true my own experience and the people i've met and known and kids that i know there's just no replacing mom okay (laughs) so when when i do a parenting course you know it's predominantly moms and i have to be um quite uh, respectful and and very careful uh, diplomatic about how i say things because here's this you know Sod of a of a middle aged white man psychologist telling you how to parent right um, and moms uh, have a special bond with their kids. There's no doubt moms know things or learn things or just naturally do things that dads will never do or even think of. Um, so yeah, I mean only because we have to. <laughs> yeah, because <Yeah. laughs> right. otherwise it doesn't get done. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. So I mean, some of that I think can be taught and changed for fathers, but it it, it um, it does take, uh, again, awareness and then some actual intentional effort, I think, because otherwise it's very easy for, well, maybe this is not well put, but it's easy in some sense for kids to bond with their with their mothers, right? Um, so fathers have to maybe work at it a little bit
1: more. Mm, yeah. Are there are there particular activities maybe that uh, you know a dad could do with their child to help you know that sort of bonding and to help forge something that's different from what they do with their mum,
2: right? Right, so I, I think the one thing, of course, dads can never replace if, if mothers decide to, to breastfeed, right? So that's that's that very special bond that, um, so my, my son who is four still um, sleeps with us and uh, he's gone through his phases every once in a while. It's okay for me to try and put him to sleep, but it's just mom, mom. all the way, yes. you know, as he will never turn down mom. And it's only been since the new baby was born that uh, he has to sleep with me, and it's just been a struggle for four weeks now. Um, Last night I was working late, and so again fulfilling (laughs) the stereotypical traditional roles of a man. But when I came home, my son was up waiting for me, and and mom couldn't put him to sleep last night. So you did it. I did. So so you're now the go-to. Yes, yes. yes. At least at least last night, and maybe for this week, and who knows when things will change again? But
0: yeah. Can we also sort of talk about relationships between dads and daughters and perhaps dads with sons? Um, I mean, I, I didn't grow up with any brothers. So I don't really know from personal experience, but maybe Karen, mm. you you have three boys. That's
1: right. I have three sons. I grew up in a family of... Um, I have... A sister and two brothers and I I have to say that in terms of you know my own childhood I was the oldest so I was the responsible one and I was also the oldest with a large gap between me and the next um, sibling and yeah I think my dad was protective definitely more protective of the girls than the boys the boys were pretty much allowed to do whatever they wanted um and since i was the oldest it was hard for me because i had to i had to break ground on everything yeah. you know being allowed to go out by myself or being allowed to go out at night and there was always this I guess, fear or worry that, you know, are you going to be okay? Is someone going to hurt you or is someone going to take advantage of you? Yeah. So there's always that protectiveness, I think, that you have with sons, your fathers and sons, um, fathers and daughters, sorry, that you know the father looks at their son and is like yeah go out and take that girl out <laughs> like, you know it's it's very different and and i think today with my own kids um, you know they have a, they have a very different relationship with me than with my husband it's interesting you know but they definitely look to him for advice on certain things mm. and they look to me for, for advice, advice for on other things. things yeah so the kids themselves maybe um I don't know whether they know or they just prefer to talk to mom about certain things and they prefer to talk to dad about other things. I don't know. Is mm. that is that very common? I think so, common? yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think
1: so. because
0: um, we often okay, well with, with girls we often hear the term daddy issues and I think I mean
2: you've heard of that yeah. term.
1: What does that mean actually? Uh, yeah, let's talk about what that what, means. To you Brent, what does that mean as a
2: psychologist? Right, okay. So um when it comes to how moms and dads, and in this case particularly dads, might affect somebody and they're coming to see me as an adult, right? Um, often we're working through things that have happened in childhood. Um, and very simplistic kind of, uh, broadly speaking, uh, two, two very common things with dads are either being absent Right. And so uh, having feeling like, um, you know, this this male figure in my life didn't love me, didn't want me. So then that sort of maybe manifesting in relationships in adulthood with men. Um, And then the other the other sort of extreme is like the dad who is uh, too harsh or too strict or even abusive. Um, and so, then, having uh, a fear of men, and again, uncomfortable or, or sort of dysfunctional potential relationships with men as an adult, does that does that kind of ring true for? Yeah, it, it it does. I mean, I think a lot of the times
0: we 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 talk about a good father as somebody who is you know protective, who's present, mm. somebody who you know gives you praises and is not very distant. I think those are sort of like good qualities that you you'd look for. But we do often hear about that absent father, right. um, and you know being distant and, and not being present. But then you can also have. I mean I think trauma can childhood trauma can be both ways somebody who's completely distant and absent to someone who's completely smothering right. as well and that's one thing we don't really explore. Do you ever get fathers who are sort of you know treats a daughter like a princess and and is overly um doting but doting is usually mm. positive
1: but overly protective
0: maybe. Yeah and then that or- actually in itself doesn't set or show healthy boundaries. You're not showing your daughter how to set these, yeah. you know, good boundaries. Not saying no to your daughter. Um, perhaps we can also explore th- that as well. Have you heard of that?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, and and I, well, on the flip side of that, I had a father who was. Uh, Clearly, very involved and not like overly so. Um, and he was asking me, you know, when I come home from work, all I want to do is play with the kids, and it's like affecting my relationship with my wife. Um, and so he was like, "Is it is it possible that I'm like spending too much time with my kids?" Wow, uh, I've never heard <laughs> yes, of that. He's he's uh, a fairly rare case, but wow. but then again, yeah, th- th- should that be surprising or should that be the way that things are? Right, yeah. we're all feeling surprised by that, but it's like come on, he's a dad, why wouldn't he want to Eggs. spend time with his kids?
0: Absolutely, well let's pick hmm. up on this very interesting point uh, after the 2.30 news uh, for our listeners uh, and audience uh, tuning in on Facebook Live will continue uh, with the broadcast so you'll get a special bonus of hearing
1: Anne-Marie reading the news uh, so stay- You're listening to the Agenda Cafe this afternoon on the 123 show with me Karen Coe and Noreen Meir and today because this weekend is Father's Day we are talking about fatherhood and we're joined by Dr Brent Horner who's a psychologist and counsellor who works with adults, teens and couples and Brent practices at the London Medical Clinic. So, Brent, we were talking um, in the first half of the show about different ways that um, dads interact with their children. One of the things that I find is interesting is that, you know, men in general are maybe not as good about talking about their feelings, Mm. especially with other men. That that just, as far as I know, does not happen that much. Is that um, a factor maybe in the way they they react with their children? I mean, because they're not as emotive, is it harder for them to form like really close bonds with the children? I mean, I'm generalizing, but you know, is it a factor, do you think?
2: Okay, so um, I, I want to answer that question, and I don't want to think I'm deflecting because I don't want to talk about my own emotions here, <laughs> but <laughs> talk about the roles of dads. Uh, one, and I'm not sure how long ago this started, but it's very popular online nowadays, is dad jokes right oh, so yeah. um for the facebook live fans if anybody's listening in comments send us your dad jokes now um and i would like to share one if i could yes um when should you go see the dentist um well, oh, i don't know yeah oh, When? when? <laughs> what time should you go see the dentist
1: um for... tooth o'clock yeah. <laughs> very close
2: <laughs> 2 tooth <hurdy>. tooth. <laughs> Time for the news as well, but 2.30, yes. is time to go see the dentist. <laughs> Sorry, Dad joke. Yeah, what, what did you try and ask me about before that? About men
1: and their feelings right, and, right. you know... So, they... Noreen,
2: what do you think?
1: <laughs> oh, <I laughs> this is very <laughs> telling. Just kidding, just kidding.
2: Um, yeah, I, I think that very much depends on... Um, the man, right? Um, Part of that is uh, actually probably a lot of it is socialization, right? How their fathers treated them and how willing they were to talk. But I think personality makes a big difference as well. Uh, I've met with couples that um, the relationship really was slipped around and the, the woman was the one who had a quite traditional, quote unquote, masculine male role. And she was the one sort of traveling around a lot for work. And the husband was kind of why are you always away and why don't you talk to me? And, um, you know, that's not something I see all the time, but it's certainly out there and it's possible. So there there are men who can talk but um, to each other or talk to whoever about their emotions. Um, there's a full spectrum, of course, like anything.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, the other thing that I find interesting is that, um, you know, when we look at, I mean to talk about media again many of the images of fatherhood we see in the media are of uh, say a child trying to live up to their dad's expectations and you know traditional fathers might say you know I expect you to do this and Hmm. you know when you grow up you must do this and you must do that is that is that a good thing that that fathers
2: you know should be setting these expectations for their kids so I'm, I'm just trying to think, um, from, uh, particularly PAT is, is my go-to when it comes to parenting advice. And so, um, PT would consider a parent's role to be more of a consultant. So you can share and should share with your children, what your values are, um, the things that you like and appreciate, um, certain expectations, um, certainly ground rules and things like that. Um, but it's not a parent's job to dictate, it's not a parent's job to you know, tell their kids what they can and cannot do or should do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I had times when I was growing up when I was scared of my father mm. and, and that's not an uncommon um, mm-hmm. emotion. Yeah. I mean what do you think of <laughs> that kind of experience?
2: <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, hopefully not getting too personal here about, you know, what particularly was that scared you about your father, but um, yeah, I think a lot of times, of course, men being just physically larger, um, and men also going back to emotions tend to feel it's still appropriate and okay, socially acceptable to express anger, Yeah.
1: right?
2: And so anger is often uh, a cover for uh, a deeper, more vulnerable emotion. So maybe dad is feeling disrespected or he's feeling, um, unappreciated and the only way for him to express that is through anger. And so that, of course, is scary for any kid. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the conflicts that arise
0: between you know, fathers and their children, whether it's younger children or even teenagers or beyond. Um, I don't know. Mums have a unique relationship with their children. Where, sorry, mum, but you know, it's sort of that. Mums are like the naggy ones, you know. And and sometimes the conflict arises because mom is, you know, she nags too much, and it's like, okay, just I I'll never do lag.
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> just ask my kids.
0: But I sometimes wonder what is it that um, causes conflict between fathers and their children. I mean, uh, as a
2: psychologist, um, what is it that uh, that that you've come across? Yeah, so I, I yeah I, I guess I, I see what you mean about the, the nagging mother and I'm trying to think, is there a sort of corresponding thing for the father? Probably the absent father um, or maybe the domineering sort of...
0: Um, maybe expectations or does that also fall into the mum bag? I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, they can be sort of overlapping mm-hmm. but is there sure. one specific conflict, which maybe not one but just sort of happens more than with, with dads than with mums?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question and I'm still sort of yeah. m- running through my, if you can see my Windows uh, uh, icon spinning here. I think
0: sometimes you get that
2: clash of alpha, mm. I don't know,
0: between, you know, there's a father who's the provider who's the head of the household and if you have a sort of more domineering daughter or um sort of a a, a rising son mm. who also wants to show their independence mm. could, could that also mm. be a
2: cause of conflict mm-hmm. you know it's my house my rules yeah, yeah true, yeah, true. yeah yeah particularly talking about very traditional dads i think that's a common one mm. yeah where um yeah dads tend to think uh Whereas my I'm daughter s- would say, "It's our house now." Right. <laughs> it's our house. Yeah, Sharing well is caring. Yeah yeah, exactly. yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. I think many dads, or at least traditional, very traditional dads, think in that sort of sense. Right? It's my house. It's my way. The highway. That sort of oh, yeah, that sort of attitude. Yeah. How you know, do which we, yeah. I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And as that, as the spouse, how do you talk to your how do how do you talk to your partner about this? Because it can be very sensitive, right. and it could just be how think how his daddy did things you know his dad said that to him therefore he had it you know I survived it so
2: this is gonna be the way it is if they don't like it they can have dinner by themselves outside of the house right okay so uh, maybe a quick piece of sort of practical advice the difference between I statements and you statements right so whenever you need to approach somebody with something that's kind of sensitive that might set them off Um, if you go in with you like you talk to the kids in a way that's not good what are they going to say? They're like, "No, I don't blame you," yeah. <laughs> right? right? So they're going to get defensive, right? But if you come in with "I" and "I" statement, "I feel," "I feel," and genuinely, what do you feel when you see that behavior by your your husband or by the father? It's like, "I feel," "I feel uncomfortable when mm. when I see that interaction," right? Um, it may not always land exactly where you want it to go, but it's less likely to to give off that kind of defensive response. Um, so you have a better chance. Uh, another way this is sometimes put is softened startups so if you have a tough conversation like that can you open it up in a way that gives the other person a chance not to feel defensive not to feel like they're being blamed or criticized but to listen to really hear what it is you're trying to tell them
1: mm. do you th- do you think that i was just thinking how you know women first of all we talk to each other a lot we have if we have young kids you have mm. play dates play groups so we, we naturally tend to have a lot of support. Uh, Are are there resources out there for men, you know, fathers, um, who maybe don't have the opportunity to get together over coffee with their kids and and just chat? I mean, are they out there?
2: Um, Someone was asking about this recently, and I really couldn't find a a good one. Um, So there is, uh, I I think, often um, churches, excuse me, might have some sort of support group like that specifically for men. Um, I thought about myself because I often see that, oh, um, particularly men uh, in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, uh, the expat experience, right, is often kind of a lonely thing. Uh, Friends are coming and going. Friendships often feel kind of superficial. And so, um, yeah, I I see uh, a considerable amount of that type of thing where men just kind of need somebody to talk to, need somebody to share with, Uh, And there's just kind of not a place for that, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, that
0: reminds me, in, in America, um, there's this um, academy called Daddy Academy, uh-huh. and it's run by this pastor, um, and his name is Otto Kelly, and it's really lovely. He runs this academy for children who, you know, don't have a, a father, don't have that role model, and he talks about how when these children sort of come through and they see a strong male figure who's nurturing, who who sort of cares about them, something in them sort of ignites and just sparks something so wonderful in them that maybe wasn't 't really present in their own household, mm. and it really gives them that. Sense of identity, sense of being, um, confidence, and it's really you know it's really unique. Um, you know, if you have a great relationship with your own father, or if not with your father, then at least with you know a, a good male yeah. ro- uh, role model that can give you that confidence that you know mum can give you, but maybe
1: not quite in the same uh, yeah. a- amount or effect. Yeah, and no, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's really good, Daddy Academy. Daddy <laughs> Academy, that's great. Maybe they should start one in Hong Kong, or, yeah. or maybe you should start a, yes. a, yes, a father's I've
2: often thought play yes, group. <laughs> yes, father's I play group. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um, mean, we, there are s- more st- stay-at-home dads for mm-hmm. example in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and I, we did a show about that a few years ago and they told us it's harder for them to um, socialize or circulate with the the school parent crowd because it's mostly moms mm-hmm. and the moms look at them and go, oh, you know, I'm not sure we want to have you in our <laughs> coffee group. Yep. But um, there does seem to be a need for fathers to have a place or a group where they can get together and just talk about you know yeah. what they're going
2: through and what yeah. they're feeling yeah. yeah i think that's great And what's great about that too is i could bring my own son along because if i started the group and then i'm spending more time again away it, from my own family but exactly yeah, yeah if i could integrate those two together it'd be wonderful
1: i mean the other thing i was thinking about you know we're, we're talking about sort of conventional families but what about for example um uh, same-sex couples mm. who have two—you know—there are two dads. Right. Um, you know—is there any—is there any difference in the way uh, they parent, or is it basically the same thing?
2: Yeah. So, or, I, or I, two mums sure. without the dad yes. Sure. Sure. There. They're, uh, there's. I, I did a little bit of search on this because I thought this type of question might come up. Um, a very quick search of the scientific literature. And it's a pretty contentious um, issue, you might imagine, um, and, and people writing papers kind of with a very clear axe to grind. But um, the, the short of it is that basically, no matter what sort of arrangement you have, it might be being raised by your grandparents, raised by a single mom, raised by you know, um, two moms or two dads or whatever, um, that, yeah, any kid in any of those situations can, can turn out quite healthy, quite well adjusted and all the rest of it. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that there can often be a lot made of that sort of for socio um, reasons. Uh, but yeah, any parent who is, um, attentive to their children and caring and loving and Do the best for their kids, no matter what that arrangement might be, it can be a very healthy and good relationship for the child. Yeah.
0: And finally, uh, before we let you go, maybe Brent, if you can sort of talk about um, ways that dad can spend quality time um, with their children. You know, it doesn't have to cost much, and the best things in life are free. You know, you don't have to take them on an extravagant holiday, but how can parents uh, spend uh, quality time with their children that would mean a lot to them?
2: Yep. So, uh, I think some of these came up already, um, certainly when they're young, um, help change the diapers, even from that early age. Yeah. Um, you, you can't compete with mom on some of those levels, but, um, you need to muscle your way in there however you can to, to get your time with your kids. Um, and then, you know, things like reading, things like just sitting down on the floor and playing, no matter what that is. Um, story time, certainly before bed is great. Um, just going on walks, just spending time, you know, just like that dad asked me, can I spend too much time with my kids? No, you cannot. (laughs) Okay. It's like almost impossible. Kids love attention, right? And so just give that to them. Just be present and um, do whatever they like to do. You don't even need to do too much. It's just, yeah. you know, turning up. True. It's just
0: sitting down there with them. You know, my daughter just loves it when I watch her play. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. And the other thing about dads, and and this is, you know, something that men are better at because they're usually physically bigger and stronger, is you are your child's best jungle gym. Oh, yes. Right? You yeah. nothing better than climbing on dad's back and yeah. going for a horse ride around mm-hmm. the living room. Yeah. And when you're older, you know, just sometimes sitting there watching a bit of tv
0: with them and just hanging out mm. um when they're a bit older i mean you, you your, your children are a bit older yeah. now Karen, but you know when they were teenagers and you know in adulthood it really
1: is just about spending time it, it with is them. true yeah. yeah and letting those organic conversations just happen right. to get closer yeah, yeah. yeah and finally it's father's day on sunday um is it easy to shop for men okay <laughs> all right so i was having this discussion before the show with um our colleagues, uh, Jim and Steve and I was complaining how it's so hard to buy gifts for men in general and for Father's Day in particular, which is why I mention all those ties, socks, cologne, yeah. right? Because that's mm. the default. Mm-hmm. And they claim no, it's really easy. Um, music, um, alcohol <laughs> is a common one, which I thought this is not a very personal gift. So if anyone oh, you know out thanks. there, our listeners, yeah. have any suggestions for really unique gifts, because um, I, I personally I find it like Quite difficult because um, it's easy to buy a wider range of things for women. I think you know you can buy scented candles and body wash and stuff. I you know I could buy that for my husband as well. But he might
0: like he it. He might like yes. it. Yes.
1: Yeah. But then he might give me a strange look. I don't know, Brent. What do you think? Uh, can I answer
2: with another dad joke? Yeah, sure. <laughs> How do you what? know when you've just told a dad joke? Uh, nobody's laughing. <laughs> yeah, everybody's laughing. True. Yeah. The punchline is apparent. Oh, oh. Al- oh. Ah, okay. and the best ones it takes a second and then <laughs> you know what i might just get a book of bad jokes
1: that's a great idea right, right. yeah a for a repertoire. father's day present yes okay good you just helped to solve a problem Brent. <laughs> <laughs> that and alcohol Always i really did help. buy some gin actually uh, okay yeah well i can't tell you what i bought because then he's gonna know Oh, it's oh you, have something a supportive, you have a supportive other. He won't be watching this.
0: He <laughs> won't be listening. That's going to be his Father's
1: Day gift. Watch this Agenda uh, Cafe. Right, yes. This I'll like, package it especially and give it to him on a USB <laughs> stick. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's great. Well, listen, Brent, thank you so much You're for welcome. joining us today, sharing both your clinical experience and your personal stories. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it sounds like all dads are just trying to do their best mm. and and really you know learning as they go along
2: it's true it's true and, yeah and um, please do what I say and not necessarily do what I do okay <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to be a dad just like anybody else but yeah
1: and also if people want to find you or get more information mm-hmm. or maybe take a parenting course how, how do they find you
2: um, so I guess the quickest way for me to say this online is uh, psyd.hk. PSYD dot HK so um, that's my own personal website Excellent. Okay. Meanwhile,
0: thank you so much for your time today. And I know, Karen, you've got a special song that yes. you'd like to
1: play. Yeah, so this this is a song for dads. It's about um, being a busy dad and watching your children grow up in the blink of an eye. Um, it's a very old song, but I, I loved it growing up. It's Harry Chapin, and it's called Cats in the Cradle.
2: of the day